0: Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, welcome back. Okay, this week we're talking about stress versus energy and misplaced energy. And quite candidly, this idea came to me this morning as I was watching my dog, um, we'll just say her name, Moxie, because she seems to be the star of the podcast. Um, when I was watching Moxie do some behavior that I don't like her to do in the mornings. And I was watching her, of course, my immediate reaction, not response, but my reaction was to be frustrated, right? Because every day for, I don't know, seven, going on eight years, I've told her to stop eating, you know, grass and just stuff that she finds, right? And so when we tell our dogs that, you know, day in and day out, like it gets frustrating. And today, I actually I was moving some dogs around. Whatever, and um, I watched her just grab at some grass. Right, and at first I wanted to say something because this is our thing, right? She grabs and eats grass. I say something, she does it. Whatever, this is a thing, right? And but instead, I was like, you know what? This just misplaced energy. It's just she has energy that she doesn't know what to do with, so she's grabbing at the grass. Now it irritates me. It, um, when left unchecked, it does become a habit, a continued behavior on her part, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We've all seen our dogs do that. But why it came to me in this way, I guess, or like a new sort of perspective on it and why I wanted to talk about it today is I think for a lot of us, when we have energy that we don't either recognize or we don't know what to do with It comes out in weird ways it can come out as nerves it can come out as us getting short with people it could come out as us having like a short fuse like i don't know i yell at inanimate objects all the time for not doing exactly what i want them to do right or when i hit my head in the van or something something like that or whatever right and all that is is misplaced energy So I wanted to talk about that today because, you know, energy's really been on my mind a lot this year, right? It's just something that I've really put more attention to and really am trying to not manage, but just be so much more aware of it and aware of it in myself, aware of it in my dogs and just really incorporate it. So let's go back to the dogs for a minute, because I think this conversation is easier when we start with the dogs, because we're not looking at ourselves, we're looking at our dogs. You know, our dogs, We sometimes we talk about dogs, either stressing up or stressing down. And what that is, is that they it's how they are showing us what they're doing with this energy that they don't know what to do with. Now, stress can be good, right? Excitement is stress. Um, a surprise party is stress, right? Um, going to a new place, if you're a dog, that could be a good stress. Maybe they're excited, but they're just like kind of, well, the expression we'll use is over the top, right? Because they they don't know what to do with their energy. They have this energy, it's bottled up, They know we want them to act a certain way or be a certain way or whatever, but they, in the moment, they just have like, ah, I can't, right? And then you have those dogs that when stressed, could be even a good stress, they get quiet, right? And, or they, you know, we appear that they shut down when really, maybe they're just thinking really hard or they want to um, make a good choice or they want to think about what they do before they do it. I once heard, um, and this was in regards to horses, but they were describing horses as introverts versus extroverts. And I was like, go on, like, do tell, what are you saying? And they were saying that, and they, the example they were using is an extrovert has to move their feet in order to think. And an introvert has to think first in order to move their feet. And I think sometimes that is a way better way to think of our dogs um, in terms of how they react or respond to the outside world, um, different stressors, again, stress can be good or bad, um, but it's interesting to think about dogs that they have to think first before they move their feet versus some dogs move their feet in order to think. And I've had both of those dogs. My Indy was definitely, she wanted to think first and then move her feet. And she was very deliberate about it. Whereas what's interesting is Moxie moves her feet first and then thinks, but when she's super stressed, then she doesn't know what to do. And so sometimes she's offering behaviors, but she knows she's wrong because she, d- she moves, but then she doesn't think that that was the right thing to do. And so then it confuses her. And knowing that now and looking at her through that lens, obviously I'm much more gracious to her. You know, I give her a little more grace in that moment of like, oh, I see what's happening now. She's trying to process this and it's sort of breaking her brain in the moment because she's stressed, but she wants to move her feet, but she can't really think about it. And it's hard. So I think it's very easy to see in our dogs when they are have misplaced energy. And that's just my term for it. You might have a better term or different vocabulary for it and bring it, you know, but what I see is they've got energy because they want to react or respond to something. Remember, these are fight or flight animals. So at their core, they're either gonna fight you for it or or run away, you know. And very few of them freeze. Some of them do, but mostly that's their, You know, that's their DNA. That's their millions of years being on this planet and being successful. You know, they've been in fight or flight. So when faced with a new challenge, you know, they have to really think through and balance what we want, what they want, what the situation calls for, et cetera. One way that this was really uh, brought home for me uh, was with a communicator years and years ago with my first. Uh, agility dog. And he would do crazy things like he would run out of the ring or he would just go off and sniff in a corner or whatever, whatever. And I was like, you know, what is it? Right. Because all I see is like him being quote bad. Right. Because I was, it was my novice dog. So I've learned a lot (laughs) since then. But at that time, you know, back in 2009, I would look at him and I'd be like, oh, he's being bad. He's going off in the corner. He's leaving the ring. He's being bad. And what it was is he was stressed and he didn't know what to do with his stress. And what the communicator said is she said he doesn't know that this run is only going to, he's only going to be in the ring for 40 seconds. He doesn't, they don't think about the fact that this is temporary, that whatever he is feeling will go away right? That they have to learn that. They have to learn that they can go in the ring and they can be under in a stressful situation, which he loved agility. He was very good at agility, but it still was a lot for him to process, especially as a three-year-old dog. And so For them, they don't understand this time thing. They don't understand that it's temporary. They don't understand that what we're putting them through, what we're asking them to do, is a stress that's a good stress and that will alleviate. So instead, he didn't know what to do with this stress that he was feeling. He liked agility, but it also felt like pressure and it felt like performing and it, you know, and it felt like all of these things. And like, what was he to do? So he would disconnect from me and probably partially in response to whatever my stress, right? And my pressure that he was feeling, but also in response to his own. And he would go off and sniff in a corner or he would leave the ring. And um, he did that in some pretty funny ways, which is we can have that discussion over a drink. Um, But he um, and I just took it as being bad, right? Now, did he grow out of it? Yeah. Did he grow out of it? in a way that I helped him through it? Probably not. (laughs) He grew out of it organically, right? Because I didn't know better. I didn't know how to help him at that time. And um, But what I will say is he did get used to the fact that like, oh, I get it. I go in this ring. I'm in here less than a minute. I do my thing. I come out. Now, what I was able to help him through because of the conversation with the communicator, when we would in... Um, in agility, in standard, you have contacts. And on the contacts, I was able to say, you're doing good. We're halfway through. You're doing good. Just a little more. Or like when we're on the table, you know, I'd have like a whole conversation with him and while well, the judge counted to five. And so what that allowed us both to do is like reconnect and be like, you're doing great. You're halfway through. You're doing whatever. And I would walk the course planning to put those little positive affirmations, you know, in, in certain places. Like I literally would plan them out because if we don't plan them out, we don't do them right. We get to the end because the run, it goes so slow and so fast at the same time, we just don't execute on that. So if you have a dog like that, I would encourage you to like plan out when are you going to say good dog? You know, is it coming out of the tunnel? You have a chance to say it there maybe, or, you know, you have a chance when they're on the table or, you know, et cetera. So I would walk the course planning out when to give him that feedback. And together, again, partially through organic, him just walking into the ring a bunch of times and partially me helping him uh, the little I knew to do at the time, we were able to get through that. And he didn't need the outlet for his stress or for his energy in the same way, right? Over time, he was like, this is fun. I get it. I understand. Now, outside the ring, it was a different issue because he wasn't good in crowds, right? He didn't like you know, some of the masses and some of the busier trials where you have tight spaces and things like that. So we're always managing him, getting him to the ring. Now, he wouldn't attack anybody, wouldn't do any of that, but it just it would, didn't go well, right? Um, and so again, that's energy. He's like, I don't like this space. It's too tight. It's too chaotic. I have big feelings about it. I don't know what to do in this moment, right? I don't know how to act in this moment. And so I think that I bring all this up with our dog stuff because I think that We can relate, right? We can relate when it's our dogs. We look at our dogs and we're like, yes, I see that. Or, oh, I've got a story, right? In your minds, you all have stories right now that you were dying to tell me, (laughs) and I would love to hear them all, um, about your dog and what their version of stress looks like, and how they handle it, and how they learn to handle it, and how they've evolved since they were two until they were seven, and, and what that transformation looks like, right? So we all have those stories and we can see it in our dogs. And yet, are we seeing it in ourselves? (laughs) Okay, so this is when we get back to the mindset and we get back to what we're here to learn, which is to be able to see that sort of energy change in ourselves and decide how we want to handle it. And with that, I'll be back in a minute. If you want a little more mindset work, but you're not ready to do coaching, check out some of my online programs. Go to theqcoach.com and click learn. Under there, you'll see classes for confidence, resilience, even dealing with pressure. And you can get all of them from a bu- for a bundle price for just $88, which is way cheap. And best of all, you have forever access to them. So you can always go back and listen whenever you need a tune up. So check it out. Okay back to the show. Okay, so we're good. We're clear on what it is in our dogs and how stress shows up and you've got a million stories for me and I've got a million more stories. Uh, You know, we all have the stories, right? And um, if you want more on this, I would definitely direct you you to the Startline podcast because Kara's got some great information on dogs and stress and all of that. She's amazing. But let's talk about us, because that's really what we're here for in this podcast anyway. And let's talk about how it affects our mindset and how it affects us. So we do the same things. Now, we don't run out of the ring. We don't um, necessarily grab a handful of grass and shove it in our mouths uh, when we have energy that we don't know what to do with. But we do weird things. Okay. And some of the reason we don't run out of the ring is only social norms. Right. Because there have been times that we just want to run out of the ring or we've embarrassed ourselves to the point that we just wish that there was a hole that we could climb into and never come out again or, you know, move to a private island or what have you. Right. So we do sometimes want to do those things. Um, or we want to hibernate under the covers for three days, you know, after something like we want to do those things, but like society and obligation and family and friends and all of these other things that pull at us all the time and society that has taught us that it is not okay to behave that way. um, That's kind of why we almost go against ourselves sometimes and behave quote normally, right? Whatever that looks like for us. So, you know, anyone who's wanted to just stay under the covers for three days or run out of the ring, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so given those social norms, we then kind of put ourselves in stressful situations and we lock it down. You know, we walk to the ring and we are either stressed or excited and we don't really know what to do with that information. And yet, our dogs can feel that response in us. So if you recall stress, um, excitement, nerves in the body, the physiological response is very similar, right? Um, Your brain kicks in and says, you know, this is a a situation. Your midbrain, which is more charged emotions and feelings, is like, yes, I have big feelings about this. Sends a signal back to that amygdala, which goes like, oh my God, trouble, ring the bell. And from there, your physiological responses kick in. Now that first, before we go to what those are, you know, that first thing is that situation could be you're excited, right? You, you know, the the response could be, you see a situation, you're at a trial, you haven't been at a trial for like months and you're really happy to be out and about again but and you send it to your midbrain and your midbrain like is excited, 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 but it still sends that signal back to the amygdala and the amygdala goes like, oh, excited, excited. And, and the same thing happens whether you are in fear, i.e. nerves or ring nerves, stress, whatever, or excitement, which is change of blood flow, right? Up to 30% of your blood flow is changed, moved out of your brain and into big muscle groups, your heart, your lungs, all those things because your your um, amygdala is saying like, are we fighting? Are we flighting Like what are we doing? Like I'm ready. Your hormones, cortisol, things like that flood, your breath gets shallower, your heart beats faster you know, some of that blood flow diversion comes away from your stomach, right? So that's why you get the butterflies in your stomach because you're not digesting at that point. That's why a lot of people don't like to eat before they run, right? Because it doesn't make them feel good. And the reason it doesn't make them feel good is at a point, their blood flow gets diverted away from processing food and it doesn't really complete. So they don't really feel great when they eat, right? So all of this stuff happens and it happens whether or not we are excited or nervous, right? In fear or in extreme joy, right? So because that's happening a lot in our bodies, sometimes part of the, the reaction that we're having is even just to how our bodies are feeling. You know, we go into a trial and it happens in an instant that all of a sudden we feel that excitement or you feel it in your stomach or you get, give yourself a headache or whatever that might be. And then we get worried about the fact that like, oh my God, I must be nervous maybe maybe not maybe you're just really happy to be there maybe you're just really happy to be back at a trial and maybe you're misreading your biological clues so you're misreading that feeling in your stomach those butterflies in your stomach and you're thinking of them as fear when possibly they're just excitement and that actually is another that's a very common trick for telling yourself that you are not nervous you're actually excited Right when you start to feel those feelings. So our energy, how we come to those moments, we can really kind of trick ourselves or lie to ourselves almost in saying like, oh my God, I have all this energy, I don't know what to do with, and then it kind of makes us maybe, gives us a headache, makes us a little butterflies, makes us our heartbeat faster and we're like, oh my God, I'm nervous, I'm gonna blow it. No, that wasn't what was happening at all. That became the story you told yourself about how you you were physically starting to feel but the truth is the genesis of that is, is you were really happy to be back at a trial. You know, if anyone who's ever come back from a rehab, that first trial back is is fantastic. Um it's exciting, it's joyful, but it's nerve-wracking and it's all those things kind of like I can actually feel that in my stomach based on dogs I've brought back from rehab previously right? That first trial back is like, oh my God. And you're all the things. So we have to really pay attention to what it is that we're really truly feeling and not necessarily just fall for um, what our bodies might be telling us, right? What our stomachs in this case might be telling us. Our stomachs could be telling us, you know, we could associate that feeling in your stomach with being nervous, but that feeling could just as well be excitement and joy, so sometimes we have to think about our energy level then and what is our energy doing and are we doing some misplaced things? Are we acting nervous when really we were excited? Or even with our dogs, are we are we hungry or hangry and we're acting short-tempered with our dogs when really we need to go eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something, right? Or have some water, okay? So it's interesting to think about like our energy and how we are, the story we are telling ourselves about what that means. And the other question I've gotten or the other great conversations I've had with clients is, can I be both? And the answer is absolutely. You know, if you go to a big event, like, um, and it's on a lot of people's minds because it's coming up in the next few weeks, is the um, AKC Agility Invitational in Florida, right? That is an event I would say that everybody there, (laughs) to different extents, is excited and nervous, right? Everybody's excited to be there. It's a great event. Um, They do a really nice job. It's a really big um, convention center you know, there's shopping, there's, you know, people maybe you haven't seen in a long time. There's all this stuff to be excited and joyful about. And then there's the nerve side because, oh my God, it's a big stage. I want to do really well. I want to do my dog justice because in order to get here, we had to be in the top five in the country or at the top, maybe you had to be the top one preferred dog. So like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get invited. It's a big deal to show you want to do well. So, You could absolutely be nervous and excited at the same time. The question now becomes with all of this is first awareness, right? Awareness, awareness, awareness. That's, but then the next thing is, is what do you do about it? And what do you do with it? What do you do with that energy? What do you do with that excitement? What do you do with your nerves? And so we've talked about a lot about nerves, right? On this podcast. And because I think that's a big part of what gets in people's way Um, but even as I say that, I think, "Mm, I wonder if what actually is getting in people's way is their like inability to manage their energy and to understand actually what's happening with them in that moment, right? If we had a better understanding of, are we nervous or are we excited? Are we just cranky because something happened two days ago or we're cranky because we had a funky interaction you know, with a vendor or something, even something randomly, or, you know, McDonald's got our coffee wrong or whatever. Like those things can all throw us off. So awareness is the first step to understanding what's happening and why you are reacting the way you are during your day, because all of it can get in our way. So my opinion now is, yes, our nerves can absolutely get in the way of our performance. But really, if we backed up a step It's really our energy and what our dogs feel, what we're passing down the leash, what we're picking up and passing around us at the environment of a trial, right? If we're using that invitational again as an example, you know, any national event, has a whole different sort of energy. And even as you walk around that big convention center and you are walking around different rings and you're in different environments, you're at the vendors or you're over by dock diving or you're watching confirmation or you're back at agility, every one of those little sections has its own kind of energy. And so we're reacting to the, our environment. Our environment is reacting to us. Certainly our dogs, you know, that energy is traveling both ways. So I think that sometimes we just have like a misuse of our energy or misdirected energy because we're not really aware of the origins of where it, where it came from, right? Right. And in my opinion, once we understand the origins, where that's starting from, where we're getting, where we're picking that up, maybe the energy and the maybe you were fine until you walked into the building, and it could be your local trial even. You were fine, you were in a great headspace, and all of a sudden you walked into that building and there was something like kind of tingling in the air, and you were like, ew, what is with this environment today, right? Have you ever felt that? And like, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of a place that that happened. Right? Because sure, we've all walked into places that are on edge or cranky or happy or whatever. So, to be more aware of our energy will help us respond more consciously and more appropriately rather than just react and join in on that energy. Right? So, going back to the dogs, if that dog of mine, you know, a more, appropriate response than running off into the corner and disconnecting from me and from the energy of the space. He learned over time that a more appropriate response was to stay with me, stay on the course, and that this stressor would only last, you know, less than a minute. He learned that. Well, we have to learn that too. We have to learn that like, okay, we have to stay here, figure out what it is that's going on and have a more constructive response to the energy around us, the energy running through us so that we can actually get in the present moment, clean up our energy and perform because after all, that's what we're there to do, right? So this week, I want you to really be aware of, right? Because it just starts with awareness. Be aware of how... Are you misreading your energy? Do you have sort of displaced energy? Are you doing the thing that when you're stressed, like what is your go-to thing that you do, and how does that come out? You know, are you, um, you know, snappy with people, or or you don't talk to anybody, right? You just get really quiet, you know, at a trial, or you just you know put on the music and you just go into your other world, like it's not none of that is bad it's just good to be aware of right um i've seen some people get really particular about their setups right and they take out all of their stress on you know their setup i mean i know we've all seen the movie best in show busy bee <laughs> to me is the quintessential example of like your energy gone haywire right because they that couple's fixation on that toy in that moment is just all of their nerves all of their energy all of their excitement all of their you know frustration with each other or you know trying to be so polite with each other or you know trying to put up with the neurotic dog or you know all of this kind of stuff all of it in that moment comes out on that toy and they're you know obsession with finding that toy, right? They, be, they berate the hotel staff. They run around New York trying to find the exact Busy Bee again. And um, and what is that? When we look at that, now we laugh when we watch that. And I don't know about you, but I've told my non-dog friends that that is a documentary, not a mockumentary, that you know, we all know people who are like that. But to me, that is That movie is like such a great example of how energy comes out in nutty ways, right? You've got the person who's just eating her feelings in the corner, you know, popcorn after popcorn. And, but Busy Bee, to me, Busy Bee is like the, poster child for this and there are people who get really nutty about it or have to get really particular at dog trials of like Fifi has to poop at you know 1047 every day like it has to be that way and all that is is their energy and their stress finding an outlet if we do not give our energy something constructive to do it will busy be us <laughs> okay so um, think about that and think about the ways that you, do that yourself. Like for me, I would say I probably just get extra, you know, anal about everything, right? Like everything has to be just so. And I, cause what am I trying to do? I'm trying to control my environment, right? I'm trying to reduce the things that could go wrong by taking control of it. And if I can control, you know, where I park and how my things are set up and that my, you know, dog drool towels are hung just so on the crates or whatever, whatever. Now I feel more in control. That's my outlet you know? So um, that's your homework. Think about that. Be aware of how you do it. Now, some of those outlets, by the way, might be fantastic, right? Like my effort to control my environment isn't bothering anybody. It's not bothering any, none of my, you know, dog friends, it's not bothering my, you know, dogs necessarily. It's not really bothering anybody else. Um, And when I recognize that in other friends who are trying to do the same thing, I was like, I see you, you're just nervous and that's fine. And if you want to go back and sit in the car and, you know, stress about that, that's great, right? So we recognize that and have compassion for that when we see that in other competitors and other friends, right? So that's it. Take a look at that this week. I'd Love to know like how that comes up for you and how we're kind of misplacing our energy when we kind of aren't giving it an appropriate outlet or aren't being aware enough to understand like, ah, uh, this is what deserves a response. I can choose to act in a different way. I know what's what I need help with or whatever it is. Okay. So whatever you're doing with this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.